Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra $0.25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a $0.25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Dairyland Talk from Dairyland Express. Mike Welland here with Sam Brown bringing you the latest Brewers news. We were off for a couple weeks after some scheduling conflicts, but we're back at it. And Sam, it's a new year, a lot of stuff going on with the Brewers. Uh, how's, how's everything going? Everything's going good. It's been a little silent past week, but last week it was we had some big news coming with new acquisitions and also some big news involving the stadium. Yeah, there, yeah, the past week was a little quiet, but then this Tuesday was not. There's a lot going on, but we'll we'll get to that in just a little bit. And of course, uh, follow all the latest Brewers news on DairylandExpress.com. Uh, we'll have that as it breaks for you guys as well. We'll start with the newest catcher of Milwaukee Brewers, wearing number 10, Yasmani Grandal, was officially introduced as the newest Milwaukee Brewer last week. It is a one-year deal with a mutual option for 2020, so there's still a chance that he could be here for multiple seasons. He'll also be at, at uh, Brewers on Deck in, in just a little bit as well. But Grandel has had his introductory press conference, talked a lot about betting on himself and what he thinks he can bring to this team. And what were your impressions of Grandel uh, in the first time in a Brewers jersey? I love it. That was just a great... It was unexpected, which a lot of Stern's moves have been. And it's just a big upgrade at the catching position offensively and actually defensively working with pitchers. He's been very good at it. Framing is huge. I believe he has the most framed runs by a lot compared to almost just about every catcher. And I'm just excited to see what he can do because switch hitter, power from the left side, and that that worked well with Christian Yelich at Miller Park, and I'm excited to see what he can do at Miller Park. Yeah, there was a lot of talk after the signing about his performance against the Brewers in the NLCS, and yes, that wasn't very good. It was a rough series for him, and he'll be the first to tell you that. There were some pass balls that just his hitting wasn't up to par, but this is a guy who leads the catching position home runs the past three years. He's hit 20-plus the last three. He was a dynamite hitter in San Diego early in his career of all places as well. He's shown that he can be a good left-handed hitter, and like you said, he's an elite pitch framer, and he knows how to call a game. He worked so well with those Dodgers pitches over the years, and I I think it's a great signing as well. Uh, the, the mutual option, I think, is also interesting as well to maybe think 
he could be a potential long-term type guy. But on the other side, this leaves the Brewers with some questions in the backup. There, uh, do you trade Manny Pena? Do you try and trade Eric Kratz? Do you try and send Kratz down the AAA and work with Nottingham? There's so many things. Uh, what do you think the Brewers are going to do as far as the backup spot? Is it going to be Pena, Kratz, Nottingham, someone we haven't met yet? I think at the catching position, it's going to be it's going to be Grandal and Pena there. That's going to be a great dynamic duo there. You got you got a guy with power, like, and you also have a guy just maybe defensively because Grandal doesn't have the arm that Pena does, which helps a lot. And when it comes to Kratz, he's a great veteran guy, and I think he'll end up in AAA to work with Nottingham. He's been growing a lot, but he still does have room to grow. So that would be good to have him have him help him in AAA where he'll have more reps and be able to just have more opportunities. Yeah, I think Kratz's experience will go very well with Jacob Nottingham as well as also Peyton Henry, who we'll talk a little bit about later as well for for the Brewers' catching spot. I guess moving on past that, the other really big news happened uh, this Tuesday, and it was kind of a shocker to see that when it happened was after 2020, Miller Park will no longer be called Miller Park. Uh, there's a new naming rights contract in place with American Family Insurance, another Wisconsin-based company, and they will take over the name of what is now Miller Park in just a couple of years. And I know there's been a lot of backlash from fans because the Miller, name Miller Park sounds so perfect and it's so good for the Brewers. But Miller Coors even said that they're not not—they're still going to be a part of the organization, they're still going to be a big uh, contributor, but... American Family Insurance came in and blew them the Brewers away with what they offered for the naming rights, and it is still a business. And it, I guess it's just I guess I'll ask you, what are your thoughts on the new naming rights that the Brewers are going to try and take over in a couple years? It was very shocking. I love that Miller Brewers has just a good mix to it, but like what you said, it's not just a team; it's a business as well, and they'll. I believe it was two and a quarter million that contract was with Miller Coors, and I assume that's going to go up, and that will help the Brewers financially, financially with the team as well, bringing in new guys. So I do not like the new name, but there, there's a lot of sense to it, and there's a reason behind it, and I have, it's going to take me a little while to get used to it, and I'm going to be honest, I'm still going to call it Miller Park just like some people do still call Miller Park County Stadium. But it's it's going to be tough, but I'm I'm all right with it. No, I agree. As a guy who attended one of the first ever games the very first month Miller Park opened back in 2001, it'll always be Miller Park to me. And well, let's see what the new name is first before we do go poo-poo on it, because the Brewers for a long time have been on a short end as far as stadium money and TV money and some of the deals they made before and. Their TV contract with FS Wisconsin is coming up in a little bit. We'll see how that renegotiates as well. But if you want to be able to keep guys like Christian Yelich around and Travis Shaw and Jesus Aguilar and Josh Hader, you need to get that income somewhere to pay for it. And it can't just be the owner going from his his pockets because that's not good for the owner for his business sense as well. So stuff like this does eventually happen. We've seen it with the Mariners over and over and over again. We've seen it with the Braves of quite a few times now as well. So it's and the Marlins way more times than you can even count. But this is just a, a natural, inevitable part of life in baseball. And 
it'll be it'll, it'll be a bit of a shock to see it in a couple of years. What the what to see the new logo up front, but it's it's a necessary thing, and I think for the Brewers, it is a a step in the right direction to help with the teams as far as payroll goes and just helping them improve for the future. For sure, you gotta you gotta look ahead, and just making that deal is just the risk you have to take. I know, like I said before, people aren't happy. I've seen a lot of petitions for people to stop it, which I honestly don't think will work. I did sign one, but I don't think it's gonna work. But just this is what has to be done. This is all about finance. This is about keeping the guys here. This. It's a risk, but it's just making fans sad with the name. But it's just a great thing to do just to help all these guys stay, keep the same team, and hopefully compete for a World Series. No, I agree in that. That's putting it very, very well. And I, uh, you put it better than I could, Sam. And so as we move on, we'll move back toward on-field stuff as – Major League has been going position by position, listing the top 10 prospects. Over the years, we've seen guys like Brandon Woodruff and Josh Hader be a part of that. Hader was, I think, the number one lefty a couple years ago as a prospect. Obviously, guys like Ryan Braun back in the day were like that as well. And yet again, the Brewers have a number one prospect at a position, and this, no surprise by anyone, second base. Keston Hira is rated the number one second base prospect in in professional baseball. He is ahead of guys like Luis Urias. Nick Madrigal as well are the top three, and those are two very highly touted prospects, obviously Hira as well. And also a familiar face at number 10 is Isan Diaz, now of the Marlins on the 40-man roster, so he is the number 10 second-base prospect. But really no surprise that Kesson Hira is number one among second base when you look at what he did, uh, both his last year in college when he hit 442. He's hit 293 across the last two levels last year. He was a dominant in the Arizona Fall League, winning the MVP honors in the AFL. And we know that the guy can hit. Uh, we'll probably see him sometime over the summer, maybe September at the at the early, at the latest. But what are your thoughts on uh, Hira being rated above a guy like Luis Urias? It's getting me excited because it just shows how the future is bright. One thing that caught my eye, I believe it was from a 20 to 80 scouting scouting grade a 70 hit and a 60 power and that they don't give 70s out all willy-nilly that is just unbelievable to see and i'm excited to see what keston here can do i i know fans in the early part of the season wanted him to start already but people got to remember they got to be patient but it's good to be excited because this kid can absolutely rake Absolutely, yeah. He's got the 70 hit tool, like you said, the 60 power. He's got he had 52 extra base hits in his first full season last year. That's even insane. He's also rated as the highest ceiling by among second basemen by the MLB uh, pipeline. And here's the words for him: Here's ability to hit for both average and power makes him one of the more exciting offensive prospects in the minors. And with just one full season under his belt, he's only just begun to scratch the surface of his potential. He's a future middle of the order run producer and could be the best second baseman in baseball during his prime when I hear the words best second baseman in baseball as a potential Brewers prospect to a to a team that hasn't had a top five second baseman in baseball since Jim Gantner that is is gonna make fans go crazy and 
when you think of all the great second basemen over the years, guys like Chase Utley and Brandon Phillips and Jose Altuve, the, the, the thing you hear could be maybe in that conversation in the future has to make any Brewers fan go absolutely nuts. Oh, it's it's making me go crazy. Got to be honest with, honest with you. Just because we've seen this, especially this year, in the past few seasons. We haven't had a solidified second baseman since maybe Ricky Weeks, and he didn't. He had one all-star year, I believe, nothing, nothing else. But now we got this stud coming up, offense, defense, iffy, but just looking at the stats he's had, looking at the grades, it just makes you excited for what the future holds for Keston Hira. And it won't be too much longer to wait as, folks, you can see Keston Hira in under a month as he is one of the invitees, one of the minor league invitees to spring training, which workouts start February 19th. Pitchers and catches report on the 14th of February. So we're just a couple weeks away from spring training beginning. And obviously Hero will headline it as the top prospect for the team, but also joining him is going to be Lucas Ersag, third baseman, catcher Peyton Henry, infielder Nate Orpha, also a folk hero for Brewers fans, outfielder Corey Ray, and right-handed pitchers Zach Brown, Bubba Derby, John Olshak, and Miguel Sanchez. Obviously Corey Ray, the number two prospect, Ersag at number three, uh, Zach Brown I think at number eight, Henry at 11, there's a lot of big names there for the Brewers prospect pool that's coming into spring training to work with some of these big leaguers for at least for a couple weeks. And I think we'll just quickly go one by one and talk about what we can expect from these guys. It's a little bit, it's again, it's just spring training, so take it with a grain of salt. But a lot of these guys do have big league potential. We've talked about Hero already. So let's move on to Corey Ray because he's the number two prospect. Ray had a big year in AA last year. He His average wasn't where it was, but his power was great, his speed was great, his defense was top-notch. And he could be the future, maybe even after next year, when Ryan Braun starts to decline a little bit more. He might be that third outfielder with Yelich and Kane as we turn into the next decade. And finally, Ray starting to realize his potential that when you, after going fifth overall. Uh, so Sam, what are your thoughts on Corey Ray? and what we can expect to see from him during the early portions of spring training with the big club. I'm excited to see what he can do. He had a huge year last year, like you said. He had 27 home runs with 74 RBIs. And the thing you notice just from this just from this offseason, Stearns and the Brewers in general have are putting a lot of trust in their youth when it comes to outfielders because they didn't add anyone else. They traded away Keon. They traded away... Um, Domingo, trade away Brett Phillips in August. They're trusting guys like Tyrone Taylor, like Corey Ray, and like Troy Stokes Jr. to hopefully back up those key guys with Braun, Kane, and Yelich. Yeah, yeah, Corey Ray, 239, 27 home runs, 37 stolen bases last year with Biloxi. He was a minor league player of the year, the Southern League MVP. He's probably going to start in San Antonio with AAA this year and could be in line for a call fairly quickly, depending on how the other outfielders go. Uh, moving on, uh, Lucas Ursegg, Brewers' number four prospect. He hit two forty eight, thirteen 13 home runs, 51 RBIs at AA. But we've seen already, he, he was in the big camp a little bit last year as well, because he was a, more of a college prospect as well. And this guy has power for days. He makes Travis Shaw look small with some of the swings he takes, and Ursegg, with his potential and what he could do, it's, it's fascinating to see what they're going to expect out of him in spring training. Yeah, it's interesting to see what they're going to do with him. Like 
which we saw with Travis Shaw at third base. But I'm excited because I still remember, I believe it was a few years ago, I, it was just spring training, but just hit an absolute bomb to left field, probably like, I don't know, like 430. And just as a young kid like he is, I'm excited to see what he can do. And hopefully we can see him in maybe maybe this season, maybe next season, and see that power at Miller Park. Yeah, when you look at Urseg, he's a guy where he if he plays well in AAA this year and he shows what he can do, that may force Jesus Aguilar out of there because I think they're committed to Shaw long term. And Urseg's set for third base. He's got the arm. He's got the he's got the ability to play defensively, and Shaw can play first. So it makes you wonder there, or if they try and do some sort of three man platoon things like that, and what they do, maybe that maybe shapes what they do in free agency as well. As we'll get to that a little bit later as well. Uh, next guy will continue as, with a hitter, and that's going to be Peyton Henry. Uh, Henry, the catcher, they think really highly of him. I think he played with the Timber Rattlers all last year, if I remember correctly. He, yeah, he had 234 in 98 games with them, but he is known as an elite defensive prospect as a catcher. He was an all-star in, in low A ball. He showed great framing skills. He showed a good arm. He threw everybody out, it seemed like. I, kept, I saw tweets, seemed like every day Henry throws another guy out. And they seem to think pretty highly of him, and I wonder where he'll stack up as the catching hierarchy moves forward. Yeah, I'm kind of curious to see what they're going to do with that, but I think it's a great move just to bring him up and have him work with guys like Grandal, Pena, especially Kratz with his veteran presence, and and just also just see what he can do offensively because you have some good offensive catchers up there as well. Hopefully that can help him because that's not – it doesn't look like his strong suit, but I'm excited to see what he can do in the future. Absolutely, and we won't talk really much about Orf. He's a quad A guy. It seems like he's a journeyman guy. He's 28. He hit well in AAA, but he struggled with the big league, so we'll move on from that. Among the pitchers, obviously Zach Brown headlines that. He was the pitcher of the year in the minor leagues last year, 9-1 and for Bluxy, 2.44 ERA. Had 116 strikeouts, only 36 walks as a former fifth-round pick, and a guy who a lot of people viewed as a reach when he was drafted because he struggled a little bit in college, but he's really turned into his own and is another top-flight potential pitcher for the Brewers in the minor league system. And if Brown continues to develop, that's another mid-round pick, much like Corbin Burns and Woodruff, that could really pay, pay it off enough as a college arm to come up to play for the Brewers. Yeah, I've ever since last year, I, I felt like, Every fifth day, I would see something about Zach Brown having a great start and a great start. And I'm really excited to see what he can do because he's another candidate that could actually add. It adds to the depth with what they have for starting pitchers. He had an unbelievable year. I believe he's underrated. I know he's number 12 prospect, something around he's that. Eighth for the Brewers right now. Eighth, eighth. Okay. And I'm just excited to see what Zach Brown can do because I'm a big fan of what he's done. I agree. And then you look at the other pitchers, Bubba Derby, uh, most well-known for being the other guy in the Chris Davis, Jacob Nottingham deal, uh, had respectful numbers for pitching in Colorado Springs for all of last year, a 4.4 ERA, started 16 games. He's kind of a swingman type role, could start or be a long man in the bullpen. Not a huge ceiling, but it'll be good to see what he can do uh, working with against some big league hitters. Uh, Old Shack at 25, played in Bluxy last year, had a very good year out of the bullpen with them. 
1.44 ERA, a whip under 1, 60 strikeouts in 42 games. He was pretty solid as well, and that's going to be good to see. He produced well. Uh, and Sam, Miguel Sanchez split the year. He played in high A Carolina and double A Biloxi. Also appeared one game at Colorado. But an overall area, 2.52, 95 strikeouts and 64 innings for Sanchez. So the Brewers bringing up some high-quality arms for the minor leagues to get some experience with the big club. Yeah, they've with everyone they brought up so far, I love it. Especially looking at Miguel Sanchez. I'm not going to lie. I, I haven't heard that name before. But just looking at his stats, especially with the 95 strikeouts and 64 and a third innings, that just... Those are beautiful stats, and hopefully, I yeah, he only went up to Double A, but hopefully we can see him in Triple A and make his way up to the majors, and just see him come out of the bullpen, which is always great to have. Just bolster that bullpen to even even stronger, just stronger presence in the game. Absolutely, and of course, just a couple topics left for this week's edition of Dairyland Talk. Uh, again, free agency still going. It's been a very slow market. We're still waiting on Harper and Machado to make their decisions. Same with guys like Dallas Keuchel have not made their decisions yet. And it's much like last year, and that kind of sets the market for guys like Mike Moustakis, who has been linked to the Brewers again. Wade Miley, the, uh, apparently the team has shown interest in bringing him back to be a left-handed starter as well. But obviously the biggest need right now the Brewers talking about is a short-term second baseman, maybe the last, maybe only until May for Kesson Hira or Mauricio Dubon, but... They're falling off the market now. Obviously, Jed Lowry is gone. Uh, Brian Dozier is gone. Azuba Cabrera signed today as well. So he is down in Texas. Wilmer Flores signed with the Diamondbacks. Second baseman is starting to lose some big names. It seems like now Josh Harrison's the biggest one left. Sam, do you see the Brewers still bringing in a second baseman, or are they going to roll with Corey Spangenberg and Aaron Perez for a little bit? Honestly, I think they're either going to stick with what they have are they going to go after Moustakas? Because from what the recent recent report said, they were going over the teams of Josh Harrison, of who was interested in them, and I did not see the Brewers on the list, which was kind of odd. But just going over it, because people have talked about staying, staying pat and just keeping Spangenberg, keeping her on, and I don't think that's a bad idea, just platooning them. And they do have that, that depth down below you have of course Kesson Hira but also you got Mauricio Dubon who has been tweeting about his ability to play second base and how he's ready to come to the majors he's showing a little cockiness which I kind of like so I'm excited to see what he can do and just just staying staying the way it is isn't a bad idea but hopefully I kind of want to see Moustakis there just because you had another lefty Good power, bad. He worked well in Milwaukee, and also it just just gives um, Shaw an even longer time to get ready to play second base instead of just going right into the middle of the season working out. Yeah, I think that's most likely a scenario as well. We'll see. I think I think we have to wait for the Harper Machado dominoes to fall. Uh, whether that's with the White Sox, Phillies, Nationals, wherever they end up. I think that's once those dominoes fall, we'll see where Mike Moustakis ends up. I do think as well it'll be in the Brewers uniform next year. And I guess for we'll close things up. Uh, we're recording this on Tuesday night. Uh, so just a few hours ago, there was some very big news announced from Cooperstown. The 2019 Baseball Hall of Fame class was announced. And this year, four names involved uh, including uh, one record being set and a very bittersweet 
uh, induction. Uh, so we'll start with the, the break, record-breaking news. Mariano Rivera, the first-ever unanimous Hall of Fame pick. He got 425 out of 425 votes for the Hall. First guy ever to get 1,000, 100%. That'll probably change next year with Derek Jeter. But the greatest closer of all time is finally taking his place in Cooperstown with the Yankees cap on. Joining him as well, Edgar Martinez, in his last year, got in for the Mariners. He is going to be a Hall of Famer as well, the second um, um, D, second true DH joining Frank Thomas in the Hall of Fame. Also joining him, Mike Mussina, uh, one of the more underrated pitchers of the past 25 years. A stellar career with the Orioles and Yankees. He went neck and neck with the a in the AL East for his entire career and held his own during the steroid era. And lastly, in a kind of a bittersweet twang, Roy Halladay was elected. Overwhelmingly, he got in as he should be, but of course he's not here to accept it. His family released a very heartfelt statement after the results were announced, uh, how much it meant to him to to be uh, known for the pitcher that he was and for what what he did for Toronto and Philadelphia during his time. So congratulations to those four guys. Just missing the cut. Uh, Kurt Schilling was the next highest at 60%. Then he had Bonds and Clemens and Walker all above 50 as well. So Schilling and Walker are trending very well for next year. Bonds and Clemens kind of treading water right now. We'll see how that goes. And I read an article today about their last year is 2022 on the ballot. That's the first year for A-Rod and David Ortiz. So that's going to be a very fascinating thing for those of you, for those voters, whether they vote for uh, guys who have been linked to PEDs and whether guys like A-Rod and Ortiz overcome that along with Bonds and Clemens. But either way, congrats go out to Mariano Rivera, Roy Halladay, Edgar Martinez, and Mike Lucina, the newest members of the Baseball Hall of Fame. Sam, your thoughts? I love it. Especially, I think, I couldn't think of anyone more deserving to get the unanimous decision than Mariano Rivera, one of the best close no the best closer in baseball and he was so dominant and with only using one pitch that cut fastball and edgar martinez finally it's been a while that he's been on the ballot i believe was it his last year it was his last year i love to see it just shows just represents the designated hitters and roy halliday he didn't I don't think he had as many innings compared to other starters, but I'm glad he got in. He was dominant. I'm glad to see Doc in the Hall of Fame. Rest in peace. And you got Mike Messina, which going into it, I wasn't really sure if he should, but just going more in-depth with the stats, 270 wins, comparing to other starters, that 83 war, I, that's just that's Hall of Fame worthy. And just congratulations to those four guys. So yeah, and the last thing I'll talk about, you talk about uh, Musina, he doesn't have quite the counting stats, but, and I saw a lot of comments about that as well from people on social media. Also, don't forget that Musina played in the height of the Sarah Deer in the late 90s, early 2000s, and he played for Baltimore and the Yankees, two extreme hitters parks in a very, very tough AL East division against guys constantly like Alex Rodriguez, Rafael Palmero, Manny Ramirez, David Ortiz, like his... What he, the competition he faced in the East for year after year after year was so incredibly difficult in so many tough ballparks that his numbers are are impressive when you really look at it, and I think he's a deserving part as well. The question is what cap he'll wear, whether it's the Oriole or the Yankees iconic logo on his plaque as well. But like you said, congratulations to the four of those guys. We'll see what happens next year when Jeter joins the ballot. 
I'm guessing it'll be Jeter, Walker, and Schilling. It will get in, I think, will be next year because after Jeter, it kind of drops off. I think the next one is really Bobby Abreu and Cliff Lee, but who are good players but not Hall of Famers. But either way, that'll wrap things up for us for this week's episode of Dairyland Talk. We'll be back again next week, talk more Brewers news, see what see what changes over the next few days as well. Again, stay tuned to everything at Dairyland Express. We'll bring you all the latest updates for, for the Brewers. And I know Sam will as well on social media. Sam, where can people find you? They can find me on Twitter and on Instagram at World of Wisconsin Sports. And you can find me on Twitter at Mike Wentland. I'll be doing more baseball stuff in a little bit now that the Hall of Fame stuff is done. I'll be kind of diving into that a little bit as well. And again, follow Dairyland Express on Twitter at Dairyland Express. So no E, so Dairyland Express on Twitter as well. So until next time, we'll talk to you guys and roll out the barrel. Go Brewers. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time and if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just six dollars limited time only price and participation may vary cannot be combined with any other offer single item at regular price Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.